Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. So glad you're here today. Uh, Today we are beginning a two-week series called Mountains and Valleys. Um, And in this series, we're going to hear from people uh, about their mountaintop experiences as well as their valley experiences because we learn best how God works in our lives through the lives of other people. And by the way, that's a lot of what the Bible is, right? Like we learn from the lives of David and Moses and Abraham and Jonah and Ruth and Peter and James and Paul and so many others. And so during this series, in the next few weeks, I want to get, give you a chance to hear from two of our staff members and what their experiences are in life and what God has shown them. Because not only is that a really good way for us to get to know them, but by hearing about their spiritual mountaintop experiences as well as their spiritual valley experiences, we can learn some principles that God might want to teach us and help us. So the first person we want to listen here from and how these principles played out in his life is Will Tucker, our small groups pastor. So let's welcome Will to the stage this morning, okay? Come on, Will. So glad you're here today, friend. Welcome. Glad that you're here with us today. Thanks. Fantastic. Thanks, Good. Yep. Um, now, Will, I know that you have only been on staff since September. However, you came to us... Um, from really, really far away. So why don't you tell us how you got here and where you came from? Love to. First, let me share a little bit about my family. I got a picture here to show you. So this is my oldest son, Gaines, my youngest daughter, Layla, my beautiful wife, Shauna. That's Trip right there, who you'll hear about later, and he's definitely a trip. Um, and then we got <laughs> Anna here, my oldest daughter, on the, the far end here. And so this picture was actually taken while we were in Uganda. That's where we spent the last five years of our life. Um, doing mission work there, working with some churches in the area. And so um, about a year and a half ago, we felt God calling us back to the U.S. Now, we weren't sure exactly what ministry God was going to call us to, but we began praying that he would lead us to a church where we would would live close to that church, where we could um, be excited to go to this church, where we invite our family, invite our friends, invite our neighbors to this place, And also, we wanted to live close by so we could host a small group Bible study in our home. And so this was kind of our heart that we were pouring out to God. Now, there's another reason that we felt God calling us back. And that's because my wife's parents, they live up in Michigan. And my mother-in-law, Brenda, she has been fighting progressive MS for the last 11 years. And we felt like God was saying, hey, it's time for you to be a little closer than East Africa to be here to support them. So we decided it was time to move back. Um, Now... They live in Michigan, but I'm blessed to have a brother-in-law that lives down in Sugarland. So we said, well, maybe, maybe if we got a job in the Sugarland area, they've moved down here, something like that. Um, but to be honest, after we searched for a while, we weren't finding anything in the area. So we were preparing our minds to endure the long, cold winters of Michigan. Praise God, I got a phone call one day from my brother-in-law. He, he and his wife had just been to dinner with Chris and Jill Sedgwick, and you guys know that Chris is our student pastor here. And Chris's oldest son, or Chris's son, Caleb, and my brother-in-law's son, nephew, and my, my nephew, <laughs> um, they go to school together, and they're in, they're in the third grade. They're great friends. And so they were hanging out, and um, Chris started talking about small group pastor that they were needing here at the park. Well, Andrew told him about our work we've been doing in Uganda, that we're moving back, and... Um, one thing led to another. 
Chris shot me a text the next day. Uh, we began phone conversations, interview process. Two months later, we became Texans. Awesome. And let me tell you how God has worked out all the little details even since then, since we've been working here. Today, as we speak, my in-laws are driving down here with a moving truck, moving to this area. They bought a house in the Rosenberg, Richmond area. We're so excited to have them down here. And right now, I promise they're happy to be leaving Michigan. There's a ton of snow up there. Um, and Sean and, and it's I, so warm here. Yeah, That's so warm great. today. But hey, just wait two days. It's going to be in the 80s, so That's we're right. good. So um, now, just down the road, Sean and I decided to build in Creekside Ranch. And so, you know, God has just worked out all the little details of our lives. And we feel so blessed. We're so excited to be here to work with the small group ministry to help you guys Reach the lost at any cost and grow them to maturity. And that's awesome. That is so great. You know what? And I, uh, part of I love that story is that God will use literally the craziest things to accomplish his will. You know, including a couple of third graders to get you to move from Uganda, Africa. That's right. Right? I yep. mean, think about that. Yeah. Uh, and my point is, is that as long as we're willing to follow God, He'll do whatever it takes to lead us where he wants us to go. Which, by the way, ought to be a huge amount of relief that you don't have to like wring your hands and worry like, oh, am I going to miss God's will? Like, no, no, no. As long as you follow, God will use whatever it takes to get you wherever it is that he wants you to go. And so here's the principle I want you to catch. And I want you to write this down. So go to pull your message notes. This is your first film day. I want you to write this down, okay? God's role is to lead. My role is to follow. It's true. God's role is to lead. My role is to follow. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't just, you just sit back and do nothing and you just let you know, like God handle it all. No, you, like you guys, y'all still had to apply for the job and interview and do all that kind of thing. But here's the deal. For you and Shauna, you all had to pray and wait on God. See, our temptation is, to you know, like take charge and you know, start making things happen. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to just force things and make things happen. God says, hey, wait on me mm-hmm. and I'll lead, yep. you follow. And that's really what, what y'all did. In fact, and God will use whatever he needs to make that happen, including two third grade boys, that's right? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, now, Will, I know that you guys went through a pretty deep valley while you were in Uganda. So... Why don't you tell us that story? Okay, be glad to. So in 2012, Sean and I found out we were going to have our fourth child. Now, we had been living in Uganda for for a while now, about a year and a half, and our our kids were so excited, especially my son was especially excited because he'd endured two sisters, and now he's going to finally get that brother (laughs) he'd been longing for. Um, But, you know, while we were there, we were blessed to have a dear friend um, that was a doctor from Canada living in the area. And she had delivered lots of babies, delivered over a thousand babies in her life. And so she was going to help deliver our son. And she said, I'll do it right here in your home in Embraer where we live. The, The capital city was a number of hours away and just not real practical for us to go have the baby there. And so we just felt really, really, really blessed and felt like God was, was, was in this. And so we were so excited. Well, on February 9th, I'm in town at the office, and I get a call. The due date was February 15th, so it was a few days early, and, and uh, I get this call, and Shauna says, 
it's time. Well, now this is our fourth child, so I knew, hey, I better get home pretty quickly. So I rushed on home. I got there. Lauren was there. She's already unloading the things from her from her car to, to get ready to help deliver our son. And um, I decided I better go inside, check on Shauna. So I get in there, and she's having those kind of hold on to the wall kind of contractions and giving me that look, and I knew it wasn't going to be long. Well, about an hour later, it was go time. So now with our first three, this process was 45 minutes or less, and but this one was taking a bit longer. You know, Shauna didn't, didn't have the luxury of having an epidural. Um, I guess luxury is not the right word when you're talking about delivering a baby. Yeah, right. Sorry. Um, but so she didn't <laughs> the, get to have an epidural. Benefit. The, yeah, yeah, benefit. There yeah, you go. That's, good that's a better word. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she, you know, didn't get to have that. And so we thought, well, maybe this is why this is taking longer. But nonetheless, after about an hour and a half, Truett made it into the world. All eight pounds and eight ounces of him. Now, we were so excited. I remember seeing his arms and his legs move. I remember seeing his mouth moving. I remember seeing one of his eyes slightly crack open as we eagerly awaited that first breath, that first cry. But the cry just never came. So Lauren and Jill, the nurse that was there, they quickly began working on on Truett, trying to get him to breathe. Um, And that process went on for about 45 minutes, and then... We had to submit and say, you know what, God, you can have our son. And so we let, let Truett go be with Jesus. Now, that day is forever etched in our memory. Um, I remember sitting on the end of the bed, my arms wrapped around Shauna as they're fighting for Truett's life. And as we're sitting there crying and literally crying out to God, saying, God, make him breathe, make him breathe. I remember having to go down the hallway to another room and call my parents and call Shauna's parents and say, your grandson has died. I remember driving across town with a friend to go pick up our kids to bring them back um, to our house and telling them along the way that their brother had died. Um, you know, this, <laughs> this was one of those valleys that we had never experienced. I, I've never gone through anything like this to this point in my life, nor since then. And For the next season of life, we questioned God. We wrestled with him, but we never stopped believing. You know, we we wondered why, but we never lost hope. Um, But in the end, you know, there's certain stories that we cling to that help us remember what God taught us through these moments. And so I want to share two of those stories with you right now. It's about three months later, um, we were actually in the States for, for a couple months, and um, we were reading the Bible story to our kids before we put them to bed. And we were reading the story of Joseph's life um, in the Old Testament and um, talking about all the bad things that happened to him during, during his life when his brothers sold him into slavery. My oldest daughter, Anna, began crying and she said, why? Uh, why, God? I mean, why, Mom and Dad, did this have to happen? Um, and so I remember as we we're trying to explain to her, but as we cried for a while, um, and why this had to happen to Joseph and why this had to happen to us, um, I remember us just um, started talking to her about, you know, it's hard and we don't understand, but you know what? God used Joseph's life for so much good. We talked about in Genesis fifty twenty when Joseph tells his brothers, hey, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And those stories, that, that, that time in, in our life when we're, when we're talking about those things with our, with our daughter just 
we just treasure those moments and those memories. And we are confident. We were confident then and we're confident now that God used Truett's life for so much, his small and honorable life. There's one more story let me share about that during that time. And now we were back in Uganda and Sean is driving down the road and, and my son Gaines was in the car. Our older son, oldest son was, was riding with her and he, he said, hey, mom, I know why bad things happen. She's like, great. I'm excited to hear this wisdom. So, yeah, tell me, why do bad things happen? And he said, well, if bad things didn't happen to us in this life, we wouldn't long to go be with Jesus forever in heaven. Mm. It's huge. We cling to those things. Um, well, I, it is almost overwhelming that you guys had to go through that. I mean, because here you are, you're in Africa. You know, you're serving the Lord with all your heart, made so many sacrifices. And then God allows this to happen. I mean, how, how did you guys not question God's love and God's faithfulness? Because, I mean, this is, this is a hard thing to reconcile. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, we did question it. We wrestled. I mean, we wrestled with God through this time. But in the end, we had to ask ourselves, do we really believe that Jesus, that eternal life with Jesus is far better than we can even ask or imagine, anything that we can imagine? And so, you know, God can empathize with this. You know, he sent his son here and lost his son, gave his son from us, watched him suffer and die for us. So, he, he understood what we were going through. And so we clung to that and we knew just how much he loved us. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I can't wait to share more stories in the future about how God used Truett's life to teach us so much. Awesome. Hey, that reminds me of a principle that I wanted to make sure that we uh, capture today. So go ahead and write this down, okay? This is a principle. The height of my faith isn't measured from the mountaintop, but from the valley. The height of my faith isn't measured from the mountaintop, but from the valley. And that, that's really true because, look, it's, it is so easy to follow and not to question and to believe and to have faith when everything's going great. But when things go sideways or when things go downhill in a hurry, I'm telling you, I have seen people just give up on God and just, just walk away. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, when you go through a valley, especially one like you guys have been through, okay, that's when you find out how real your faith actually is. I mean, it's really true, okay? And, and you know, that's exactly what happened to us. I mean, during that time, that's when our faith became real, and that's when, when we, we saw God show up in our life in a way that we, we just never had before. Yeah. All right, well, let's shift gears. Let's talk for a minute about a mountaintop experience. So I want you to tell us about one of your mountaintop experiences, and you can't say it was marrying Shauna, okay? Uh, although I've met her. She is a fabulous, fabulous individual. Bro, you clearly married up. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's way out of my league. But, you know, I know a lot of us in here have met Amy, and we know that you did the same, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, all right. Touche, touche. That's <laughs> true. Okay. Well, go look. Tell us about one of your mountaintop experiences, okay? All right. Well, it's interesting that our mountaintop experience is directly related to our valley experience. 18 months to the day, God gave us another son. Mm. Now, we were living in Uganda at this time, and but we were blessed to be able to come back to the States for the birth of, of this third son. And his name is Seth Tripton Tucker. Now, we gave him the name Seth because... Adam and Eve named their third son after they lost their son, Abel, Seth. And it means 
appointed by God or decided beforehand. Now, we gave him the middle name, which we call him Trip. Um, you know, he's our third son. Uh, even though we only have two living, living sons, he's our third son, so we call him Trip. Um, and, and I mean, he, he's such a blessing to us, and we're just so thankful. And so this is totally connected to our mountaintop experience. And just before we returned to Uganda, new baby in tow, um, Sean and I were blessed to go to a, a marriage conference. And the speaker there, he said, hey, look, I want you to turn to your spouse, and I want you to share with them the time in your life when you felt most loved by God. Sean and I thought for a few minutes, and um, it was amazing that both of us shared the same thing. We both said during those months where we were grieving in the loss of Truett. It's like, wow, how, you know, how have we come so far from those times where we were questioning God and asking him, why did you bring us to Uganda to tell people about you and not, not protect our son? Why did, you, why did you bring us here and allow Shauna to get malaria in the first trimester, which we believe is directly connected to the fact that we lost through it? And, and why, why didn't you protect us in all that? And yet we had come so far. Now we're looking back on that time as now a mountaintop experience. And so God was just teaching us so much. But it was during that time that God used a small group of missionary friends in the area to wrap their arms around us and literally carry us through those months. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like Jesus was wrapping his arms around us and saying, look, I got this. And reminding us that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And so it was during those times, it was through those people, it was through those missionary friends, that small group of missionary friends there that, that carried us through those moments. And so that's what we look back on and we, we remember as a mountaintop experience. You know, that's one of the best things about being in a small group, okay? Because, when, you know, when you're in a small group, those, those are the people that when you go through a valley type experience, those are the people that are going to listen to you. Those are the people that are going to cry with you. Those are the people that are going to share that with you. Those are going to be the people that are going to help lighten that load for you. You know, and that, that happens in a small group because get this, God never intended for us to go through those sorts of experiences alone. God, God's design is never that we would go through those valley type experiences alone. He has given each us, each other. He's given us to each other. And so that's the value of being in a small group because when you're in a small group, those sorts of valley experiences are not nearly as lonely or as hard right. as they would be otherwise. Right, and that's exactly what happened to us. If it wasn't for that small group of missionary friends there, I, I don't know how we would have made it through that. So yeah. it's so important. Yeah. Um, well, I know that some people have a, a verse or a set of verses that really describe their life. You know, some people call it you know, a life verse. Um, and I know you have such, such a verse. Yeah. So uh, what are those verses for you? Yeah. For me, it comes from James chapter 2, verses 14 and 17. And it says this. We're going to have it on the screen here. It's in your bulletin. It says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. You see, I grew up in the Bible Belt in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm so blessed to grow up with parents who have always been sold out for Jesus, and I'm so thankful for that upbringing. But growing up in Nashville, I mean, it's the cultural norm to say you're a Christian and go to church. I mean, there's a church on every corner. And so this is, this is you know, my experience growing up. But um, I feel like my senior year of high school, this verse kind of hit me right between the eyes. I felt like God was saying, hey, Will, 
if you claim to be a Christ follower, people better be able to tell by the way you're living your life. You see, I looked around and I saw many people, and even the times in my own life where I wasn't looking like a Christ follower. And so he kind of woke me up. And, you know, it, it's not a works-based faith. It's not like that's what I'm saying. You know, it's, it, faith in Jesus should produce Christ-like action. And so this verse has just meant so much to me from that time all the way till now. Well, I know that there's, there's honestly, there's tons of other stories that we could share today. Um, but there's one story that is so crazy, like literally like you have to tell it. Okay. okay. So tell, tell us that one. Okay. So when I was 20 years old, living in Nashville, um, my best friend shot me. Wait, like he shot you. Like yeah, shot he shot me. Like, you know, we got in an argument and he just pulled out the no. shotgun. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> he didn't shoot me on purpose. It was an accident. Um, we were going dove hunting in Kentucky with some of my friends. And so there was five of us. And I remember very vividly, we pulled up to this field and, and we get out. And we're excited to go hunting. And I mean, we're already seeing doves fly. It's like, it's going to be awesome. And so we get out and Brad and I, my friend, decided to walk across the field this way. And the other guys with us, they decided to go this way. And so um, we got up to this small barbed wire fence and we we're about to cross it. And Brad dropped a whole box of shells on the ground. So he bends down. He started to pick those up. Uh, meanwhile, the other guys are already shooting birds over there, and I decided to cross the barbed wire fence and continue walking, and Brad would catch up in a minute. Well, birds started flying over our heads, and they yelled, Brad, birds! And so Brad, in the shuffle to stand up and grab his gun, he kicked the butt of his gun, at which time it went off. And Brad still describes it today like an old war movie, seeing the dust fly up and seeing the bullets go through the air and hit me. I didn't even know where they came from or how I get who, why I was feeling the pain I was in. And so I'm hopping around out in the field, hollering and um, trying to figure out what just happened. And the other guys come running over and uh, I was bleeding pretty good. And uh, it was an awesome dove hunt. So the guys are like, man, I guess we got to take them to the hospital. And so, you know, well, yeah, uh, I would hope like well, you just got shot. Well, like, yeah. We're from Tennessee, a good dove hunt, you know, it's got to be a good reason to leave. So, you know, well, so we go over to the truck to load up, head to the hospital, make sure I'm okay. And right as we're about to load up, Justin, the guy that was from the area driving, he was like, he was like, you know, Will, where else are you hurting? Because I need to know how fast I need to drive. And I was like, well, you know, my side is really hurting right here. So he, he lifted up my shirt and the first words out of his mouth were, oh, no. I'm like, well, that was super comforting. Thanks a lot. And uh, they said my back's just covered in blood, little black holes everywhere. So we hop back in the truck, and now Brad's like hugging me, holding my side as we drive down the road, and Justin puts the pedal to the metal. In the end, good story, funny time now, um, (laughs) but just got a little bit of lead, and it's fun to talk about sometimes. But Funny part was right before I left Nashville to go to Kentucky to go hunting, my mom said, now, Will, you guys be careful. Um, to which I said, oh, come on, mom. It's not like I'm going to get shot or anything. <laughs> and uh, still to this day, I've got 10 of those 15 BBs living inside of me. So Seriously? You have 10 yeah. of them in there? Yep. Does that ever like cause problems like at the airport or anything like um, that, go through the detectors? Thank goodness it doesn't because we've gone through quite a few airports living in Uganda. So <laughs> it doesn't, but that's a common question. That's awesome. Hey, let's give Will a hand. Let's thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Will. Thank Appreciate you. you, pal. You're the best, man. Awesome. Hey, look, I, I don't know. 
I don't know what sorts of mountains and valleys you've been through in your life. But we've all been through them, right? But here's one thing that I do know. God has never abandoned you. God has always loved you. And God has always had a great plan for your life. You just have to choose to follow him. Now, that starts by choosing to become a Christ follower. If you've never done that, you do that by praying a prayer, asking Jesus to come into your life to forgive you and pledging to follow him from this day forward. If you've never done that, there's a prayer. It's at the bottom of your message notes. I want you to take a moment. I want you to pray that prayer right now. Now, for those of you that have prayed that prayer at some point in your life, I want to challenge you to pray something else. I want, you to I want to challenge you to pray this prayer. I want you to pray, God, help me to follow you across every mountain and through every valley. The prayer is, God, help me to follow you across every mountain and through every valley. The basis you're saying, God, no matter what happens, I'm always going to follow you. Because here's what I know. God is still good. God is always loving. God is always faithful. Across every mountain and through every valley. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for Will and Shauna and their whole family. And all that you've taken them through and for bringing them here to the park. And I ask that you would help us to learn from their mountain and valley experiences about how faithful you are, about how good you are, about how trustworthy you are, and that you would help those of us when we go through our mountain and valley experiences to hold on to you as you hold on to us. And so I ask that you would bless us and you would guide us and help us to always remember that you've never abandoned us and you always love us. And so help us, Father, to always follow you with our whole heart. And bring us back next week so that we can hear more about mountains and valleys. And we ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.